Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. We are at Podcast 93, and this is a special edition because I'm actually broadcasting from the banks of Tasuki Creek. And Tasuki is where I live, and it's a hiking trail that I do a couple times a week. And I thought that uh, because of the negative ions that I'm getting sitting here by the creek, that uh, I would pass those negative ions to you, especially with what we're dealing with right now with the possibility of reopening um, you know, our lives from the coronavirus 19. And so I'm here, it's about 8 a.m. And uh, we've got a great show today, uh, several questions that I'm going to be answering. I wanted to start off uh, by saying that I am going to be producing and recording a three-part series on my perspective on the coronavirus. And you won't want to miss that because um, I'm combining some of the things that I've learned in science with uh, kind of the more uh, emotional, spiritual aspects of what I've learned from it and what some of the influencers have said about it and what's come to me. So I'm going to be uh, putting that up on social media in the next couple of weeks, so you don't want to miss that. It'll be very interesting. The second thing is, is I'm going to be teaching a second online class uh, that's coming up on May 9th. So If you want to register for that, uh, you can go to my website uh, or uh, Facebook and you can uh, click on the Eventbrite link and you can sign up. Uh, It's going to be a great uh, class uh, and it's kind of preparing people for my next four week uh, experience. And I've done two of those already. Very, very successful. People have gotten so much out of that. And... That class is going to be starting in July, so watch for announcements uh, there. Uh, And the big news is I'm going to be reopening my web web store May 18th, and I'll be carrying three products, my natural eye drops, the MSM eye drops, my eye vitamin, and uh, my blue blocking glasses, and people are highly anticipating all three of these products. Uh, So stay tuned for that. There'll be announcements in my, both in my um, newsletter, which if you aren't part of, I would definitely sign up for that. And uh, also on my social media platforms and websites. So the store will be up and you can order away. I'm very excited to be able to uh, offer these three. These are my, my best-selling products, and uh, so there it is. Okay, so I'm going to start in with the questions now, and the first question is from Arlene, and she wants to know my opinion of a, an eye drop that's out there called Lipo Vision Drops. And Lipo Vision Drops uh, contain the ingredients castor oil, coconut oil, and sesame oil. And uh, they are available uh, for people to use. Uh, the, the dosage is 
one drop in each eye before bedtime. And uh, the theory behind it is, is that we're not getting enough of the oils in our uh, production of tears. And so this particular eye drop is uh, something that uh, is being offered. So my opinion is that I think it's okay. Uh, I'm not sure that I would do it because first of all, the price point is outrageous, $48 for a little bottle of eye drops. Uh, and I do know that in pharmaceutical eye drops, it's not uncommon that you'll pay this. Uh, but I think the, the deeper question is that, are they really gonna change the deep uh, level causes of why your eyes are dry? And I would say, no, I don't think so. I think that, you know, when we have dry eye syndrome, I think the first thing to note is that there is definitely a systemic and metabolic reason why we're not producing enough tears. And it either could be we're not producing enough tears or the tears are evaporating too quickly. So the eyelids are one of the places where uh, the glands are housed and that are producing the tears that we need. And if, let's say, we're not producing enough of the oily part of the tears, I think the best thing that you can do is just increase the fats and oils in your diet. I find that most people are deficient in the healthy fats and oils in our diet. And we're getting too much of the omega-6 and not enough of the omega-3. Now, omega-3, we cannot produce that in our bodies. So we need to get uh, more of the omega-3s into our body and I do understand that with the contamination of seafood, because that's one of the places where we do get omega-3, that again, you can look for a, you know, a, a healthy, non-contaminated supplement, uh, but you wanna make sure you're getting the DHA part of the omega-3. Uh, in the studies that I've seen, DHA is really important, not only for eye health, brain health, and, um, cardiovascular health. It's, it's an anti-inflammatory agent, just the omega-3 generally, that is missing. And when we have things like meibomian gland dysfunction, blepharitis, dry eye, what's going on on some level is that we have an underlying uh, inflammatory response going on probably in the gut as a starting place. And the point of it is, is that we need to do things to reduce inflammation in the body. I've had so many patients over the years where I, where I just instruct them to go gluten, dairy, sugar-free, uh, and their eyes start clearing up. The dry eye starts to go away. So diet is important. Stress reduction is also important, both systemically and from an endocrine level, our thyroid and adrenals definitely inform our eye health and specifically dry eye uh, syndrome. Um, if we're under chronic stress, our sympathetic nervous system is overworking. This dries out our, our bodies. Uh, and so we're not getting enough of the fats and oils that we, we need there. Uh, I think the microbiome is another factor that you need to address. Are we getting the good bacteria in our gut? Uh, what's the the state of our gut in terms of 
inflammation and uh, you know our ability to absorb nutrients. Another piece to the puzzle is blue light. And if we're on our digital devices all day, I would suggest the blue blocking uh, filtering glasses to reduce the drying out that's gonna naturally occur and also the damaging effects of the chaotic uh, frequency of the blue light. Um, and the eye nutrients that are so important, vitamin A, B complex, very important for our cornea. A lot of people don't know that. So foods that are rich in vitamin B would be very helpful. Vitamin C, glutathione, uh, very important. Any sulfur-based food, anything that's gonna build collagen health. Uh, the cornea is made up of mostly collagen. So I'm going a lot deeper than just say, here's a $48 eye drop, and yes, it's got some nice things in it. You could certainly get a castor oil hexane-free eye drop for uh, about 60% uh, reduction in the price and you could use that as a massage on the eyelids or just get some eye bright tea and brew it up, let it cool down for a fraction of the price and then you can um, you know, massage it into your eyelids. Uh, so those, those would be, I think, better ways than this particular eye drop. I think um, this could help some of the symptoms. I don't think it's going to help the causative factors. And uh, so, that's my, that's my feedback, Arlene, and I appreciate uh, the question. All right, let's go to uh, number two. And this is a question that was asked about the relationship between dyslexia and vision. Well, first of all, on my website, I produced a video blog on a research study relating dyslexia to vision. So I'm gonna talk about that, but you can also look at the video blog. So about one in five people globally have been diagnosed with dyslexia. I would say that that label um, is, re is used, is overused um, with people when um, you know the professional is saying, okay, there's some confusion here, there's some learning problem, let's place it in dyslexia. Because dyslexia actually means confusion and yes, there is a uh, there is a true dyslexic pattern, um, and it, it does run the gamut of being mild to extreme. You know, dyslexia, in its uh, purest sense, is a problem with manipulating and decoding language. So it's a language-based issue. There was a study that came out at the University of Rennes, which connected our eyes to dyslexia. And what they found is in the macula, which is the part of the retina where we see detail and color visions, where our cones are tightly packed, people without dyslexia in this study had an asymmetrical cellular pattern between the macula. So this creates a dominance in one of the eyes, and it helps in the processing of information. In this study, they found that people with dyslexia have identical cellular patterns in the macula, which means they cannot distinguish patterns easiest. So there's no real dominance in the eyes. For example, when you see mirror images, they can get very confused by um, what they're seeing. This is the, the, the people in the study. So if they see like a lowercase b, a lowercase d, 
there can be a lot of confusion. And the researchers argued that because there's no eye dominance, people get confused in processing information. So in the work that I do, which I call physical eye therapy, physical therapy for the eyes, brain, and body, there are techniques and processes that I've developed that help people form a better potential integration within themselves. And with that better, more deeply occupied uh, integration, they don't uh, project that confusion of the lack of integration out into the world. And the more complicated things that are being presented, and I'm talking language, symbology, math, reading, this is a place where if we have poor integration internally, we're going to take that same confusion and project it on whatever we're being asked to learn or process information, and this shows up as a dyslexic pattern. So the physical eye therapy that I promote can sometimes help people reduce the dyslexic pattern. Is there emotions tied into dyslexia? dyslexia? You bet, no doubt about it. Um, when we're under stress, if our biochemistry levels are off, if we're not getting enough sleep, uh, you know, all of these factors make us more vulnerable so this dyslexia pattern starts to surface. It can be a very creative way of processing information if you can start um, you know, improving your integration. And you know, people, especially now we're looking at kids, they tend to learn differently. They don't all learn the same way and then they get labeled dyslexia. And you know, one of my pieces of advice I love to give is that we don't have to live out our doctor's diagnosis. We don't have to live out the special education therapist's diagnosis or the psychologist or the psychiatrist. So there are things that you can do to um, reduce the dyslexic pattern. But this research study was very interesting and I want, it, want you to note it. Okay, let's go to question three. This is from Ben and he's writing, I am experiencing dizziness during these long Zoom meetings followed, following the coronavirus social distancing. I'm a graduate student and an intern and I've started using reading glasses two years ago. I also struggle with high blood pressure. Any suggestions? Okay, so here are some things about dizziness. By the way, it's a normal response if you're doing a lot of digital time where your eyes are getting stressed out, your brain is getting stressed out. If you're not self-regulating, if you're not drinking enough water, getting enough sunlight, getting enough exercise, eating properly, sleeping properly, your brain is getting starved of nutrients and dizziness is one of the symptoms that can occur. So here are some things I suggest. Number one, make sure you're taking frequent breaks. The 20-20-20 rule, every 20 minutes, look up at 20 feet and do that for 20 seconds. Number two, make sure to drink at least six to eight glasses of healthy water during the day. This could be filtered water, reverse osmosis water. So make sure it's healthy, vibrant, alive water. Number three, I don't know about uh, Ben's reading glasses, but they may be too strong for the computer. So reading glasses are prescribed usually at a focal distance at about 14 inches. And the computer, especially a, a laptop or a desktop, usually place it at 18 to 22 inches. So you need a weaker 
lens prescription for the computer that could be that you're using for reading. If you're trying to use a reading prescription of 14 inches for 22 inches, that lens is too powerful and it's going to weaken your eyes and it's going to make your eyes stress and strain and this could be another reason for the dizziness. Now another term for dizziness in number four is vertigo and I'm, uh, I've put out um, in video blogs on my website, you just type in vertigo, um, some video blogs on reasons why people uh, develop vertigo as it relates to their vision. And I'd recommend looking at those videos uh, because there's a wealth of information on the relationship between our vestibular system, our inner ear, and our eyes. Number five, I would recommend the, my eye exercise program for vertigo. Again, you can see this, this on my website, the Eye Clarity Eye Exercise Protocol. And then number six, I would consider using some natural-based eye drops, homeopathic eye drops, MSM eye drops. These would give more hydration, moisturization. They would feel comfortable uh, and uh, just as a support system to use the natural eye drops. I think that when we're using digital devices, we forget to blink, we forget to breathe. And of course, with this whole coronavirus situation, we're under an incredible amount of stress. So this is another uh, support system. Number seven, I would recommend getting some blue blocking filtering glasses that you could put in your computer glasses or reading glasses. Uh, blue light has been shown to perhaps uh, reduce the resiliency and vibrancy in your eye tissue. Um, and number eight, I would take a day off from all digital time. No news, no digital time. Go take a hike, a walk in nature. There's something about getting reset in nature that slows us down, that gets us in touch with our own biological rhythms. And these, this particular practice is so important, especially in this time where we're, uh, we're basically under duress. So Ben, I hope that that's helpful. Uh, I wanna thank you so much for your question. All right, question four. So this is a patient of mine who has suffered double vision for three years. And uh, first off, the first thing is, I got her out of the progressive lenses. She's now in a single vision lens and the double vision has reduced 50% just by making that change. But I gave her an exercise to do called the Brock string. This is an exercise where you have to aim both eyes at each bead. The first bead on the string is like 12 inches. Then the second beads equidistantly 24 inches. The third bead is like 36 inches. And you focus on the close bead and you get an X. You get two strings that cross at the bead you're looking at. So she's writing to me that she did the Brock string and the double vision improved for a while, but then she went for a walk about 6 p.m. and the double vision was now worse than ever. And she couldn't uh, look out of the distance. She would get dizzy and she could only ground in front of me. She's trying to get the, uh, the X at the third bead and the string is going away completely. And she's understanding now that her left eye is suppressing, the brain is suppressing the left eye. She's also feeling dizzy. She wants to make sure she's doing the right thing. Okay, so this is a normal response 
in the process of relearning how to use both of your eyes together. If you're in a double vision situation, and I'm seeing more and more people in the double vision scenario, means that both of their eyes are not working together. It's a skill set of being able to aim your eyes where you want to. And part of this is that when you try to muscle it, when you try to force it, when you try to make it happen, it actually tires your eyes and brain out and thus you cannot control your eyes anymore. So what happens is you either see double or the brain says, I don't want to see double, so I'm going to suppress one of the eyes to avoid double. Now this takes so much more energy to suppress one of the eyes, to block one of the eyes. And it's the brain that's actually blocking the eye in order to work. So when you're doing these physical eye therapy exercises, you are basically opening up a new habit pattern. And so when you do that, there's going to be a momentary or a temporary disorientation. That is so good for your brain to have to manage disorientation to reorientation. But the thing you have to remember is you have to titrate how much of the exercise you're going to do because if you do too much of the exercise, you're going to stress yourself out too much and you're not going to be able to regain your orientation again. This is why I like to do a very little, you know, maybe 30 seconds or a minute of the exercise and then take a break, take a pause, do the palming so that you have some chance to metabolize and integrate the exercise without this, you know, uh, wow, I'm so disoriented, I'm so dizzy, I, I'm, my double vision is worse. These things are going to happen. There's something called the breakup stage as well, that when you start introducing a new pattern to your vision, you may go through a chaotic phase, a breakup phase, where um, you're reorganizing to a new level of coherence, a new level of integration. So this is where you may need to take a break, you need to rest, do less. Uh, we need to spend more time in the metabolizing of the experience than actually doing the experience. And when the experience I'm referring to is the exercise. So I would reduce the time you're doing the exercise if the double's getting worse, do less time of the exercise, you're going to go through a chaotic phase. And also, if you're looking through your progressive lenses, that's going to induce more double. So great question. Totally awesome. I appreciate it. All right. Our last question today is about sun gazing. And sun gazing is a practice where you're looking directly at the sun, either at sunset or sunrise. It was most recently popularized by an Indian guru named Manek, who took it up in 1995, and he's claimed to have fasted uh, ever since, and he's just getting nourished by the sun and the water. So, you know, it's interesting about the sun, because we actually need sunlight in order to thrive in our health. This idea that has been put out there by the mainstream that we have to protect ourselves from the sun. The sun is the enemy. The sun causes cancer. The sun does this. The sun. Okay. The myth of this 
has created such a fear-based consciousness around the sun that it is very out of balance. So the first thing to note that it is very, very important that you get a dose of natural sunlight every day. Now, let's say you're fair skinned, let's say you've had skin cancer uh, or your family has had skin cancer, there's a, a genetic predisposition, whatever it is. Let's say you've developed eye problems, cataracts, whatever. You can wear a hat, you can, you can certainly um, you know, protect yourself to some degree, absolutely. But getting out there in the sun every day is very important. 30 minutes of sunlight every day is usually my prescription. Now, when we take it to the next level, which is where you're actually looking at the sun, I do think that sun gazing has its place. But the way that I recommend sun gazing is start with your eyes closed, Start by facing your eyes maybe towards the sun at a 45 degree angle and then bring your face to the sun and then move it away and try that for one to three minutes. Eyes are closed, the eyelids are translucent, so you're still going to be getting some of the light through the eyes, but you're titrating the experience. You're starting to see Okay, how much of this can I actually do? Some people can, you know, actually open their eyes and stare at the sun at sunrise or sunset. For many people, it's too much for them. It's too overwhelming. So start slow, go slow, do it for a minute, do that angling towards and away. You can even put your back to the sun and you're getting benefits that way. Now, sun gazing in its history has been used by the ancient cultures, the Mayans, the Egyptians, the Incan priests and priestesses, Native Americans, monks, so that, yes, sun gazing can give us a level of kind of vibrational healing, uh, consciousness raising. Uh, the sun can inform us on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. No question about it. But starting slow and just doing a little bit and seeing what is the response in my body. And then if you go, oh, this feels good, maybe then you can increase, again, with the eyes closed, towards the sun, away from the sun. Um, I do think that the sun activates our endocrine system, specifically our pineal and our hypothalamus. You know, I've talked about how 20% of the light pathways actually go to the non-visual pathways of the body. So it is informing our nervous system. It is informing our endocrine system. It's even informing our blood. It's even doing this with our eyes closed. We also know that the sunlight helps activate vitamin A, vitamin D. So it's, uh, it, it is a mood enhancer. Uh, you know, we talk about seasonal affective disorder where in the wintertime, especially if we don't get out into the light, that we're more depressed. And I even think with this coronavirus situation, even if we're sheltered in, I think it's very, very important that we get natural sunlight every day, that we need to strengthen our pineal gland, which um, in, some case, in some cases has hardened due to the chemicals and toxicities, the fluoride in the water, 
and part of the the practices can we reduce the calcification in our pineal gland so the 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 sun is there as our ally it's our food now whether it reduces our appetite i don't know i think that again in this phase of our evolution certainly our diets may change you know if we look at our ancestors and the way we're eating and what we're eating and how we're eating certainly light is part of that food chain but I think using light as a food to balance the more energetic part of ourselves, the vision part of ourselves, the spiritual part of ourselves, I think that it offers us some benefits. And it is our ally. You know, we are actually photons. We are made of light. And so by saying that we shouldn't uh, expose ourselves to the sun, what we're really saying is that we're allergic to ourselves we're allergic to our own immune system. We have an autoimmune disease. And that is partly what is going on in our overall scheme of things with the coronavirus, with all these other autoimmune diseases. We have lost our vitality and our resiliency on an immune system level. And this is also reflected in the, in the Earth's immune system. So there's a lot of levels and layers here. I think that sun gazing in moderation can be very helpful. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today. I want to thank you for um, participating and uh, share the podcast. If um, you know, if you have friends and family that have eye vision questions, wellness questions, and um, I want to thank you for tuning in. And until next time, take care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.